0: What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You are listening to episode 73 and I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. We are on kind of a roll. I think this is like the sixth or seventh episode, maybe eighth episode in a row where like all of us are here. How are you guys doing? I'm actually I'm doing-
1: impressed now that you mentioned that because I think you're absolutely right. We've never had a streak going on like this. So it's uh, it's pretty good. And uh, And right before this, I just had to bring it up. You said we have to be aggressive, and all now all I can think of is that stupid ass cheerleading chant. Be aggressive. Of, be aggressive. Be be aggressive. Be
0: okay. Yeah, we're gonna be no? aggressive tonight, and we're gonna start strong. <laughs> Tyler, how I just are you got doing? The, the finger wag. I'll stop.
2: I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> I won't give away what we're talking about. Although, if you're if you're um, just tuning into the podcast for the first time in a while. Uh, you will probably know exactly what we're going to be talking about, especially <laughs> if you're plugged into the Red Wings, even a tiny bit. The um, tiny bit. I'm doing, I'm doing good. Um, can't complain. Although the weather's starting to get pretty damn cold here, so I mean it's not ideal. But you know it's the yeah, time you of year. Yeah, shut up.
0: We're supposed I to have I finally got my new
2: car, course. boys. Finally got oh, my yeah. new car. <laughs> I got a Jeep. It's beautiful. Was, yeah, it's, it's it's very beautiful white jeep is like blonde girl <laughs> oh jesus no no Wait, no what the fuck did you just say <laughs> well it was something that briz said <laughs> briz said um a dog like a, a i think it was like a golden retriever is like blonde girl with blue eyes and yeah so i just kind of made that comparison That's why why we anyways, don't quote briz. well you it's know, what? know like con- we can't
1: understand your russian accent
2: i would <laughs> love to know what he's actually doing nowadays but He's in space. That's besides the point. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got a, a pretty decent lineup tonight. Uh, and we're going to start how with... are you
2: doing? You didn't say, you didn't, you, the, the timeout, you got to say how you're
0: doing. I mean, I'm, a, I'm alive. I'm good. My boss and, uh, my boss and coworkers are in Vegas for a, uh, a conference and I'm not there. So, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm in Michigan,
2: but. Be glad you're not dying sounds like, my company. like I am, so.
0: Yeah. But uh, tonight we're going to start with the big news. And like Tyler said, even if you're just the slightest bit plugged in to the Red Wings world, whether it be via Twitter or Facebook or Carrier Pigeon or anywhere you can get news, uh, you will have saw that today is the day that Steve Iserman waved Jonathan Erickson. It has happened. If I had some kind of horn and it wasn't nine o'clock at night, I would sound it. But it, I, mean, I really hope it, you put
1: like an overlay of something really exciting and loud right there, because you really got to accentuate that, this moment here, Greg.
0: <laughs> well, I will tell you that it is it is long overdue uh, for Jonathan Erickson, who, as you all know, has struggled he's with injury. Gone the past, has struggled with injury. Well, he's not gone yet. He has passed through waiver or he has. doesn't matter. He, he's close He can enough. be claimed. He can be claimed Please. by another team. I don't know who on earth would ever do that. If not, he can be uh, assigned to the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, I think I saw <laughs> that the wings are at roster capacity currently. Um, so that can, which happen. is why he
1: couldn't do a conditioning. stint.
0: exactly. So uh, I think the bottom line is after, uh, tomorrow at noon in one way or another, Jonathan Erickson will not be on the Detroit Red Wings. So that is, that is the top thing. Now, what we will say is that it, it could be a paper move. I don't see how that would make any sense at all. We're not saving money by waiving him. It's like 1.075 million on the cap. It's not. it was one, two, five. Uh, one, no, one zero seven five uh yeah. million in cap space And we don't need this. We don't need the space for someone else We don't need to waive him for him to do conditioning Nothing like that So I, I honestly think That he's waived to to Be waived He's waived to put other players on notice It's it, It's kind of what Iserman does I mean, he We got rid of LeCavalier when he was in Tampa So St. Louis too. Didn't put him on Twitter. Remember
1: that? Yeah. Yeah. So straight one for one trade, which was like the blockbuster.
0: Iserman is not, is not loyal to any of these players because they're not his players. He didn't draft them. He didn't develop them. He didn't hand them contracts. He could care less. I'm not going to say he could care less about the person, but if you're not good, you're gone. If you're not productive and you're not, a future part of this team you're gone so mm-hmm. i i mean that's the way to look at it but i think we should kind of look at jonathan erickson's career considering he was taken the last in the draft was it 2002
1: literally mr irrelevant
0: 2002 yes the yeah he ninth and
2: round, the, 291st yeah, overall
0: when the draft had nine rounds So uh, we are going to go to Ryan because Ryan has Jonathan Erickson's uh, career statistics pulled up, and I'll let him go over those.
1: Hold on to your boots here, boys, because it gets pretty crazy, let me tell you. So he has spent, as we all know, his entire professional career with Detroit. He first broke into the league in 2007-2008, also their cup year, but he only played in eight total games during the regular season. Uh, since then, he's been a regular mainstay, as we all know, at the back end, but he has dealt with injuries. All in all, he's settled at 662 total games played, 27 goals, 98 assists for 125 total points. For all everyone out there, he was a minus nine currently career player. Um, and really, for an average, he's also averaged about 1845 uh, time on ice through his career. Uh, last year was one of his lowest since 2011-12, where he had 17-13. Every year before that, between there was more than 18 and a half minutes a game. So he's pretty much been a mainstay, top four guy, you could you could say, since right around the time Lidstrom retired, which isn't good. But that's also what bought him the current contract that he's about to have expiring for him. So,
0: yep. So Jonathan Erickson, I mean, from what Ryan laid out, a, a career middle of the pack defenseman to start. And mm-hmm. then as he got older, as his injuries piled up, he lost a step and then he lost another step. And if it was even possible, he lost <laughs> a third step. And to, to the point where he is now waived, he didn't he has not played a game this season because of a soft tissue issue or whatever they wanted to keep calling it but I guess the doctor, yeah I sort. guess the doctor said he, they could no longer keep him on injured reserve and because they could no longer keep him on injured reserve because he is good enough to play, he's still not gonna play because we waived him so uh, I guess uh, Tyler I uh, do you have anything nice to say? I guess that's the question I'll ask you.
2: I mean, there was a point. There was a point in time where, well, I, I don't know if this speaks to Nick. Well, th- no, you know what? I'll answer my own question. This speaks to how good Nick Cronwall was at one point when Lidstrom retired. But there was a point in time where Cronwall and Erickson was our best pair, and like not because, like I said, not because of what Erickson did, but what Cronwall did. And Erickson, you know, he, at that t- point in time, he was okay. You know, he wasn't great. He wasn't good, but he was okay. He was serviceable. And so he, they complemented each other very well. Now, where it started to go south was when Mike Babcock used to use Cronwall and Erickson as the first pair when, you know, you had guys like Danny DeKaiser coming up and that kind of thing. And at that point, we still thought DeKaiser could be, a, you know, a number two or a number three. So, I mean... As far as nice things to say, I mean, that's the most nice thing I can say. I mean, as far as last players ever taken in the draft, I'm pretty sure he's one of the best players ever
0: taken last in the draft. He can probably be called the best (sighs) last player ever. Well, the best last player ever taken, because I'm not sure any last players ever taken besides Jonathan Erickson ever made it to the NHL.
2: I don't think that's true. I think there's been a couple of them. I was gonna say, do you have an example? Well, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's. I'm pretty sure there is one. I'm actually
1: trying to search through my own tweets of, with looking up my handle and then just Erickson, and <laughs> I'm already back to 2017 and t- October 26, 2017. Another day, another Erickson still in the NHL. Neat.
0: Yeah, I think the other stats people were asking is, is there a stat of how many goals have gone off of Erickson into our own net? Uh, I couldn't find that stat. Um, but I think the one thing... There you we go, get, I got one. Patrick,
2: Horn, Patrick Hornquist, 2005 oh, NHL draft, 7th round, 230th overall. Yep.
0: Really? Yep. Well, that's impressive. Okay, so Jonathan Erickson is not the best last no, ever pick no, Jonathan Patrick Erickson definitely is <laughs> now Jonathan Erickson can be the best ninth last ninth round pick, uh, <laughs> in the NHL. But I think the one thing we can all agree on is just outside of on the ice. Uh, Erickson is probably one of the nicest guys, most genuine guys, Uh, he's super smart. I mean, he's got a good hockey IQ. It's just, his body has completely given up on him. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I mean, you can't, I don't think say any uh, enough nice things about just how good of a guy he is. And I mean, he could coach, he could, he could become part of the organization. They could put him in management. He could be a scout. He just, he can't play anymore. I think that's the thing is it's, it's better to, to get him off, the team, then keep him on, have him be injured, come back for five games, be bad, re injure himself. It's just the back and forth. But I don't think we can say enough nice things about how just good of a dude Jonathan Erickson is.
1: Yes, this is, this absolutely is a fact. And the wife would attest to also say that he is a pretty individual. So he has that going for him as well because I mean he is Swedish, so that's already one up on everyone else's i will tell you
2: I'll tell you one thing. I've never heard the guy speak. He doesn't really ever take um, media sessions. I mean maybe like at the end of the year for locker room clean out and like that kind of thing he doesn't really strike me as like a vocal leader, but maybe in, in the locker room at one point or another he was uh, you know a veteran guy with you know a little bit of pull in that locker room. I'll tell you the one thing I remember though, um, there was there was that Dylan Larkin toe drag goal. I think it was in that Calgary game where the, with all the fights it was like a toe drag, and then he had a six celly, and and you just fucking heard Erickson in the pile. Whoa, whoa, wow <laughs> <laughs> So like, I mean, I I could not tell you if he's a good guy or not. I mean, everything that I've heard seems to believe, but or, or seems to prove that, but. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it, so I guess we'll go with that. As far as a hockey player, can we go into the negatives now, or are we not going there?
1: Well, I I mean, I'm I'm already back to January of 2016, and I have not said one positive thing about Jonathan Erickson.
0: I don't even (laughs) want to look at my tweet history about Erickson. January 2nd,
1: 2016. You are a damn road cone, Erickson, in all caps. (laughs) Three days prior to that. Fuck you, Erickson. And the tweet right before that on December 1st, 2015. Fuck off, Erickson. So I'm I'm on a good roll right now.
2: (laughs) I'm going to type mine in and see what comes up. I hate
1: Erickson. I blame Erickson because Erickson. Yeah. These these are fantastic. Erickson is a
0: fucking moron. Oh. You will see a lot more negative tweets about Erickson than positive. All right, here we go.
2: Here's the first one Dear Kenny, (laughs) please buy out Jonathan Erickson. (laughs) Sincerely, all Red Wings fans. Get Erickson off the fucking ice, please. Get Erickson away from this team. Buyout window open Saturday. See you later, Erickson. Erickson is a special kind of useless. (laughs) Jonathan Erickson on the power play and Justin Abdelkader on the first line. Shaking my head. This is ridiculous. We need to get healthy. Erickson is a healthy scratch. Philosophal is changing on Woodward Avenue. What do you know? Uh, There's just some doozies here. I'm happy. I'm happy. Hockey is back in 52 days, but Erickson still blows.
0: So I think what we can take away from this, Erickson's going to have a lot less time playing hockey and a lot more time uh, developing his line of Bernays sauce that he has. So uh, he has a career. He has a career outside of sports, uh, but yes. he he could get a job in the office. He could get a job in management or as an assistant coach or some kind of coach, but it, it looks to be that his playing days are, are probably done with at least for the Red Wings. He could go to Grand Rapids. Uh, the route people are speculating that he will take is he will fail to report for Grand Rapids. He will be suspended by the team and his contract could be terminated. You think so, that's going to happen? Well, that would be a way, uh, to get rid of the contract because the buyout window is closed right so that, that would be a way to to get the money off the books and terminate his contract and not have that money on the cap going yeah, into the end of the year
2: i would just add and like the red wings organization pretty much always seems to do they would probably offer him some kind of a job in the front office
0: yeah, just to recoup, because if his contract is terminated, they um, do not have to pay him. He does not get paid the rest of his contract out. Uh, so they, they would, in turn, probably give him some kind of other position to compensate for that contract being terminated. But this is all speculation. No one actually right. knows what's going to happen. So, um, yeah. So Erickson waived. So now uh, that puts people like Ablicator and Nielsen and that on notice I would hope. I think that's the other, I think that's the other half of it is that when a vet gets waived, even though he's in the last year of his contract, that should make other people say, Oh, um, okay, maybe I need to step it up or I could be next. And, and I think we, we, we need to, in that vein, talk a little bit about Justin an And as much as it pains us to say it, uh, Advocator has looked pretty decent in the past few games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think beer league chump brought it up is that, uh, the abdocator De La Rose, who's on the line with them. Advocator De, De La, La Rose. Helm, those two
1: and helm have been yeah, the majority of the time for the, well, have, to an extent.
0: They were like one of the top 10 lines for expected goal in hockey, uh, through the first like five games or six games or the last mm-hmm. five or six games. So I think abdocator now, now, I will say that Ablocator has stepped his game up a bit. Ablocator's not scoring goals. He's got a couple assists. But he's not making a lot of the... I'm not going to say a lot. He's making far less of the dumb moves that we've seen Ablocator make. And he's he's become more noticeable when he's on the ice rather than literally doing absolutely nothing. So... <laughs> Abby has has come a little bit from last season and we can only hope that he continues on the kind of pace that he's on as in pace of improvement, not pace of scoring, but uh, keeping that up to kind of solidify the fourth line.
1: Yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on it last week and I begrudgingly tweet out my support for the way that he has played. Because he, he's just been sound. I think that's the best way you can put it. And you can tell for a change that whatever off-season program he decided to get involved with absolutely has benefited him And uh, just the way he's been skating made being able to get, get around the ice. And he's actually a little bit more physical, I think, the way that we were used to seeing him several years ago. So it's, it's a... Happy surprise, I guess you could say, for how we started. Now, it's not leading to points necessarily, but that line that they've been a part of has been crazy aggressive, and really that's all you can ask for. So with one line pretty much still doing a majority of the work, any other type of help is um, it's huge.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he's looked a little bit more dangerous out there. I, I'm very surprised. I know, um, you know, that Steve Eiserman, you know, the regime would be a little bit different, but I didn't think it would be this different. I didn't think he'd have Abdelkader and Helm playing decent hockey. I didn't think he would have um, Erickson waived. I mean, there's a couple other things that, that I can't remember at this point in time, but there's a couple other things that he's done that are just, they're good things for the organization. I would have never seen this a year ago, even, you know, Tell me oh, that no, this sweating. time this year, or, or this time last year, sorry, um, basically that Helm and fucking Kader would be playing competent and Erickson would be waived by Steve Eisenman. I would have never believed it. I don't know about you guys.
1: No, I, I would agree. I mean, I think the only thing we could have seen coming was Erickson waived, but I think that's also because we've asked for it the last two years. So...
0: Now, let's try not to get ahead of ourselves, though, because we we are on a three game losing streak. So even <laughs> though we've waived Erickson, who hasn't played since the beginning of the season, and even though Advocator seems to have picked up his game a bit, that we lost really. And, and after we recorded the episode, we're like, well, Vancouver, we play Vancouver tonight. Here's what we hope. And literally none of that came true. It was awful. Uh, we had over thirty shots on goal. Uh, on Jimmy, it was Jimmy Howard that night. Yeah, we started okay, and then it went went downhill from there. But we lost to Vancouver five to one, and then we played Calgary, and we lost to Calgary five to one. And then we played Edmonton. Now, I will say the Edmonton game, we did look better. We shut down their top line. It, it was a better game, but we still lost two to one because they also shut down our top line. So it's, uh, we went on a three game losing streak. Now it does look like tonight we're, we're doing well. There's still, I mean, still, a, yeah, they're about to fuck it up. There is still a defensive issue. I think that's what we're seeing is that Jimmy Howard or Jonathan Bernier, whoever's in net are taking far too many shots and, and it's just you're not going to win many games like we said before when you're taking when you're 41 shots on net 38 shots on net in and, and you only score one goal. You're not going to win very many of those games. So, again, it goes back to if the other teams can shut down the Larkin Bertuzzi man, line, uh, the secondary scoring is it's very, very hit or miss. I think they showed up for one game in full force. And then the defense is just is is not blocking shots, is not staying on their man, is not getting takeaways. And I think what one thing Ryan brought up earlier before we we went live is that it's just in even in this game when we're playing Vancouver right now, just the giveaways, how many times we give away the puck is is insane and and we give away odd man rushes and we cough the puck up in the neutral zone or we cough the puck up in the d zone and it's just it's killing this team and what was it howard uh was facing over a shot a minute in the first five minutes of the game
2: oh
1: son of a bitch it's tied it's it was actually double that um yeah i think he was at like eight or ten shots within the first four to five minutes already and they'd already had a power play by that point
0: yeah, so it's, it's, they're not playing sustainable hockey. They're competing, mm-hmm. and the guys are competing. And a lot of the people have said, well, a lot of people I, I've seen start saying, well, we need to fire Blasho because the guys have given up, and they're not competing, and they're not trying to actually play. I'm like, no, this is what it looks like when there is such a large gap between the talent on your team and the talent on the teams that you're playing against. Mm -hmm. It might look like they're not trying. It might look that they're not like they're not battling. They're just not as good. And it's it's not for a lack of effort. It's it's for a lack of your mid second line, like the half of your second line all the way down to your fourth line are all fourth line players or AHL guys like that's what's happening. And Look at
1: the age of those guys that you're referencing too. for m- most of them. They're all your older plus 30 plus guys. I mean, the, the wings as the Fox sports Detroit showed earlier are the second oldest team in the NHL right now. That's not yeah. a good spot to be in when you're trying to be a rebuilding
0: team. No. So it's not the coat. You can't blame Blash for no. having the team that he has. It's, you can't blame Jimmy Howard with, like, well, G, three, Jimmy, three goals. And I'm like, well, yeah, you, they've got 40 shots on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can't just look at a box score and say Jimmy Howard was terrible. You've got to actually do. watch the game. So you can't blame Blash. You can't blame Really, the person you got to blame is Ken Holland for signing the terrible contracts and putting us in the position that we're in. And now that Iserman's back, there will be some moves and, and we'll get better as we go. But again, he preached patience and we're going to lose. I mean, a lot of the season is is probably going to look like the game against Edmonton uh, or a mixture of the game against Edmonton and the game against Calgary, where we're, we're going to lose three to one or, or two to two to three just because our other lines can't keep up. And if they can shut down Bertuzzi, Mantha and Larkin, they shut them down. And that's mm-hmm. our all 90% of our scoring.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing too, uh, going to the Blaschel note that you just brought up about not blaming him. Yes, we've had our fair share of bitching in regards to his decisions and whatnot. But the biggest thing that if you pay attention to some of the writers out there, what they're expecting out of him is how are your young guys getting better? And that top line, and then look at the, the play of Chalowski, Hironik, and the sort, that's what you want to see because, you know, these middle six guys and these other role players we're talking about aren't going to get much better. So the biggest thing to take away with where they're at is how are Larkin, Manta, or AA, how are those guys performing? And to me, right there, that's why will still around because he's been, had, got the track record of being a great developmental type coach. That's why how partly, I mean, there was a stacked roster, but he helped to win the Calder Cup with Grand Rapids several years back. So it it's a double. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But to your point, Craig, the roster just sucks. Yeah,
2: I I would agree with that. Um, the only thing that I would say too, and like this this is kind of a credit to Steve Eisman. I know I keep going back to Steve Eisman, but you know, he is the executive he is is the messiah. in charge. <laughs> I guess you could say that. He definitely is in charge, that's for sure. Um, and he doesn't let he he doesn't let you live that one down, you know, because he, he definitely does make a lot of good decisions. Now, the one thing that I will say, and you give him a lot of credit here, as most GMs come in, or most presidents come in, and they kind of bring in their own guys when it comes to coaching and it comes to mm-hmm. guys in their in their you know in their operation or whatever. So, I give Steve Eisenman a ton of credit for even going into the season with Blatchel as the coach. Now, will it end that way? Who knows? We'll, let's we'll see what yes. happens. Um, well, we'll see what happens. If they lose 10 or 12 or 15 in a row, he's gone. There's no NHL coach. There's no NHL coach that can last 15
0: games in a row. No way. No, Tyler, I'll, I'll stop you there. Um, we're, we're not a winning team. I think that's I the understand
2: thing. that. I understand that, but that, that it's still it's still something it, that like you have to sell your fan base. Like as much as I, people hate to
0: hear, I this, get hold, it. On,
2: hold on, as much as people hate to hear this, people will stop going to the games if you lose 14, 15 in a row. Now I don't think that'll happen because this league isn't really like that. Where you know the Wings are one of those teams that you know they might lose three, but then they're gonna win one or two. And like uh, out of five games, and you know m- that might be decent, but like it's obviously still not decent enough to make the playoffs. And you know if it does start to sputter, though, you you do wonder if he'll if he'll you know live the whole year. But again, if they start doing well, they may extend him because he is a free agent after this year, correct?
1: No, he's got two. He's got another year after this one.
2: Oh yeah, because they re-signed him, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he, he years. Holland before he left had already oh, signed into right. right. a two-year extension because and so that's still this year.
2: That's still a credit to Iserman though, because like I said, most most GMs come in and they want their own guy, and and well, yeah. I do give Eiserman credit for for at least giving it a uh, giving it a chance, you know.
0: Well, you'll have to. You also have to say that Iserman had to approve that Blashel extension. They were in talks to bring him in before Blash got extended. This so is true. Yeah, the thing is, is that Jeff Blaschel, when the team is ready to compete for a cup, Jeff Blaschel will not be here. Jeff Blaschel is mostly, from what we've seen in the way he coaches, is not a guy that's going to technically win you a Stanley Cup or will you there. What Jeff Blaschel is here to do is to develop the young talent. He is a developmental coach. He's won at every level with rookie guys, bringing them up, making them the best players they can be, and just getting them getting them to the pro level. You can see that in Dylan Larkin. You can see that in the way that heronic is developing Chalowski, uh, Mantha, Bertuzzi. Who knew Bertuzzi would be what Bertuzzi is? That is that is a credit to Blash. Blaschel is not going to get you the most out of your vets. That is not something that, that he's known for doing, but I I could see a two year contract because you've got kids. Now next year, you're going to have an even bigger influx of kids coming Mm -hmm. in. So, which will need guidance, which will need development, which will need to be put on the right path to succeed and to, to get the most out of what they, what they can. So, Do I see Blash here in two years? No, probably not, because at that point we should be in a wild card spot, if not higher. Yeah. And then and then getting ready to get that culture back of make the playoffs, go far in the playoffs, try to win a cup. So I don't see Blash on that position. But as a development coach, he's he's doing his job. And, And that's evident by the young guys on the team performing the way they're performing. So I'm not going to going to blame him for the way the team is playing right now because your the team is not good. They're just not good. There are players on the team that are good, but the team as a whole is not. So I don't I don't know what to tell you.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a good way to put it. I mean, and and I obviously agree with that. I'm just, I was just kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit as to why, you know, some people would say he he doesn't deserve to have a job. But at this point, I mean, I don't see anything that he's done that that has been bad. I mean, has any of the young players not developed under him? I mean, everybody's no, gotten better just about every year.
0: Yeah, but what people yell is we haven't made the playoffs in, since he's been here, and it's like okay, actually but- that's
2: not true though. He, well, he made the playoffs the first year.
0: Yeah, but but you know that's show him a team. That's why Mike Babcock left. Part of the reason because he oh, knew the writing on the wall. Well, he yeah. knew the team was on the decline. So it's that's not that's not Blashel's fault. Blaschel didn't break the streak. Blaschel was handed uh, a team where the vets and the stars were either gone or leaving. That's and there was nothing to to build it back up really because of uh, the trades and signings that Holland made trying to keep the team going in the playoffs. So, I mean, if you put Blash on a Stanley cup caliber team, could he win? Who knows? Probably not, but he doesn't have that. So let him develop the kids that need developing and just, Hold on for a long season, stock up on beer, and and just wait. (laughs) That's what I have have fun. Drink it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Um, But speaking of young kids. Quite the speech, I must say. Well well done, sir. Thank you. Speaking of young (laughs) kids, though, who are coming through the system, uh, a familiar face has gotten a call up since we talked last episode about how we played a weird game of of uh, like Red Rover with Evgeny Svechnikov, where we brought him in and sat him forever. And then Grand Rapids played some games and we sent him back with literally nothing. Uh, They brought him back. So uh, aside from the Jonathan Erickson uh, waving, we also have sent Alex Biega back to Grand Rapids to uh, play defense over there. Or I guess try to play defense over there. He'll be Mm -hmm. the Jonathan Erickson of Grand Rapids, maybe. But uh, we will. uh, We also recalled Evgeny Svechnikov and placed Adam Ernie on injured uh, retroactive injured reserve. So Svech actually. So they must have heard our podcast. They're like, well, if we bring Svech (laughs) and we have to play him because he is playing tonight against Vancouver and he looks uh, really good. Uh, they put him on the fourth line with ooh, who advocator and who else is on that line now? Dale Rose. Yeah. He's, so he's
1: been bouncing around though. He's, he's had a couple shifts I've seen uh, with double a and Philpola right yep. now. I don't, I'm not sure who he's with while well, they're on the power play, but he has not seen power play time tonight. I will say that, which is pretty disappointing. And it's been unfortunately Advocator. And they made the point earlier is that somebody has got to shoot the puck because this second line has nobody on it that wants to shoot the puck right now.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you put out your power play unit, and it's Ablocator, Philpola, Horonic, Green, and I can't see who their point person is, but I can only think it's Hirose. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's not a good yeah, look on a power play unit. two guys willing to the puck on this line. Yeah, I mean, and even Horosi like, he's so hesitant now to shoot. He's, had,
1: oh, he's passing the puck well, but he's had so many opportunities tonight where he just hasn't pulled the trigger. Like, he's, he's just looking at everyone. If he would actually just start shooting the puck, I feel like the opportunities are right there for him. Like, he's Sounds a guy like, I still have hold out a lot of hope for.
2: He, in a way, reminds me a little of Gustav Nyquist.
1: Kind of I like sense that he won't shoot. He
2: plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the fact that he won't shoot, kind of the way he skates, kind of the way he handles the puck. I mean, he reminds me of Nyquist just a little bit, not a ton, but – a little bit. I can see that. He definitely won't shoot the puck, though. It's it's a little frustrating, and he's got a good shot too. So
0: I, I won't when give him a player of- comparison until the end of this season. I want to get a. I want him to get a full season in before I can look back and say this is, this is probably his closest comparable. Yeah, but yeah, fair. this is not a good look for a for a power play unit. But yeah, Svechnikov has had some good looks. Uh, he oh has taken a couple runs at Vertanen. Uh, He really wants to fight, which would be hilarious because I think that Svechnikov could knock someone out. So he's
1: playing with uh, fire. He's had, like I said earlier, he's had a great game.
0: Yeah, he's everywhere. He's finding open lanes. Uh, He's had a couple chances. Um, But, yeah, I think is he's trying to make a name for himself. And he really needs to because he's missed a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So. So if he can come in and he can make a difference and we can see him maybe put up a couple points in the in the few games he might get, I think that bodes well for him coming back because he had four points. I think it was four points in three games in Grand Rapids uh, before his call up now. So that's uh, that's a good look for Svech. And and I think they need to they need to keep playing him because they need to get some secondary score, consistent secondary scoring somewhere. So he
1: just hasn't hit and clicked yet. And no, he's looked, and, I will say he's looked a lot better tonight than he did last week. Maybe it's because yeah. of the extra rest, but. Uh.
0: Well, I think he's still trying to do too much, too. He's trying to be too fancy. He's trying to break through f- like three guys in the middle of the ice and ends up getting mm-hmm. picked off. And it's just he's, he's trying to do too much. And that's because I think in a way, no, no, well, he wasn't. Well, he wasn't heavily scouted or cared about. He was able to get away with it, but he's not going to get away with it this season. There's no way. He did so, have a
1: hell of a sequence earlier in the game, though, where yeah, he, he kind of took over. And then he just went one extra attempt, too, too many, going into the middle of the ice. But he, he controlled the puck with D crown dudes, making something happen as everyone else stood there watching him.
0: Yeah, but I think but, overall, Athens, to see you this season's been, I mean, in a very few words, disappointing. Uh, it's, it's, he's looked in some games completely uninspired, not trying, floating around waiting for the puck to get to him. And I mean, he doesn't play a defensive game anyways. He doesn't really board battle. He doesn't really back check. And mm-hmm. that's always been really his downfalls, his defensive game. But it's just, I mean, I think was it the Calgary game where he just didn't look like he cared about playing.
1: Yeah. he, He's in the position right now where we were talking about with Mantha two years ago, and some of last year.
0: Yeah, but and after he scored thirty in, goals, you really can't do that.
1: I know, but that that's what that's the disappointing piece of it. I mean, yes, he. I think the biggest thing that's hurting him right now is how much time he missed going through preseason and training camp.
2: Well, I will say one thing. The puck is going in the net more now than it was back then, you know, league wide. So I don't know exactly what that has to do with, but um, maybe the goalie uh, equipment shrinking just a little bit. Um, But I mean, him scoring 30 is is the equivalent. 30 is the new 20 at this point. 20 goals is a lot different than having 30, Uh, you know, assuming this is is the way that I'm saying it is. Um, And so – yeah, I mean, 30 is impressive, but let's see more. I don't want to see a decline, and and at this point, it looks like we're going to. I know it's still early, and and he could still put it all together, but we need to see a lot more from him. We need to see kind of the sequence that we saw earlier in the game, where he wanted to take the game over, where you know I, I guess he could have shot you know a couple of different times there, and he didn't. But you know what? If he does shoot, he's probably in the back of the net because he has a pretty good shot he's really good offensively it's just defensively he does lack and and if you're not going to play defense you know in Jeff Blaschel's system you're not going to play I mean that's that's really kind of what it comes down to and and I do agree with it I mean he does have a point tonight
1: I think he's got an, ass, he had an assist on an earlier goal yeah he did to put it in perspective he's at what two points through seven games and he's like a, he's a minus six or so like something like that I'm not sure if it was let's see what it looks like through 20 and we're losing. That's incredible.
0: Uh, I think we're going to look forward to what's coming up after this game tonight, which I think we initially thought with how we were playing, we might win, but I guess not now. (laughs) So tomorrow uh, we've got it. So we got a back to back tomorrow. We play the senators, which is probably when you'll be listening to this podcast uh, during the senators game or uh, the day after we either win or lose to the senators. That I, I think I might chalk up as a win, maybe, against the Sens. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, if there's any team we can beat, it's the Senators. Uh, yeah, so, well. the next five games are the Sens, uh, Friday against the Sabres, Sunday against the Blues, Tuesday against the Oilers, and then next Friday against the Hurricanes. So, the way I'm looking at it is as a win against the Sens, and then, again, four losses in a row. Because the Sabers are playing amazingly good hockey right now, uh, as are seven
1: one and one right now.
0: Yeah, the Ridiculous. Blues are also playing well. The Blues are playing decent, and uh, past that, you're looking at the the Oilers who have been really good, who we've already lost to, and the Canes who have been really good this season. So you're looking at some of the uh, going against some of the top teams in the league right now with your semi depleted roster who is struggling to score goals and is getting the first line shut down and, and facing 35 plus shots at night. So uh, you'll probably win against the sends. Uh, and then y- you, it's more than likely going to be four losses in a row, which is really going to suck. That's going to mm-hmm. take us into the end of next week. So outlook, not so good. I guess if I was a magic eight ball, that's what, what it would say. <laughs>
1: yeah i think the biggest surprise of everything you mentioned in there is got to be the Sabers. even though you know that the talent that they've pretty much built with that roster around eichel and um dalen rasmus dalen yeah there's most the teams that are currently on top are really not surprised i think the only other surprise would probably be the ducks to me they're six and three through nine games at twelve points, second behind the Oilers right now.
0: That's because they got rid of Corey Perry. Yeah, well, yeah. Ironically
1: enough, the Stars are three and seven and one.
0: They're also yeah, playing their, eleven
1: games. The, huh. They're also they,
2: playing their kids though. They're playing Sam Steele. They're playing um, um, Troy Terry. They're playing all their Isaac Lundestrom. They're playing all their like young players. And you know, I mean, they're having success. Plus, they have some old veterans like Getzloff and. Lindholm, uh, not that he's that old, but, you know, uh, Andre Kasha and, and, you know, Ricard Raquel, and, you know, guys of, not the past, but, you know, the oh, uh, and Vancouver scored again. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a bad goal. <laughs> there, there was oh, the Jimmy God. bad
2: goal. God. Well, the other surprise that I have, too, and not that they're on the list here, but the New York Rangers, I mean, 2-4-1, and one, you know, they, they went out and they traded for Jacob Truba. They went out and signed uh, the kid out of Harvard there uh, that was with Adam, Carolina, Adam, Adam Fox. Fox. Yeah. yeah. Um, they got the Panarin. Yeah. I mean, like, everyone thought that this would be a decent year for the New York Rangers, and so far it hasn't come to fruition. Again, it's early. And, and you know, the Minnesota Wild, they're terrible. Uh, they've already had a players-coaches <laughs> meeting. Or a play, players meeting. Oh, yeah, Jesus, can I talk? Words. A players-only meeting. And uh, so then they beat Montreal, but they're two and six. So they're terrible. Um, the Calgary, Los Angeles feud continues between Matthew Kachuk and uh, Drew Doughty. What are your guys' thoughts on that so far?
1: That's I hate Kachuk, first of all. he He's a garbage player. Doubt he doesn't play the cleanest game half the time either. But he's just an amazing shutdown defenseman. Like, he's the definition of typical Norris. A Norris trophy should be, in my opinion. But... but uh, uh, but the way Kachuk plays, and we saw it in the games against Detroit, especially with with Kowski when he got his suspension for coming off the bench, he's a he he is Brad Marchand 2.0. He's got the skill. Not he's not Marchand level, but to me, he plays just like a piece of shit,
2: and it's frustrating to watch. I think, think his m- brother might be better when it's all said and done. To be
0: honest, no, with you. you think Brady Kachuk is going to be better than Matthew Kachuk? I think it's a possibility. Mm, I, it's I don't possibility. think so.
2: Maybe not with Ottawa. I don't know what's going to happen there, but, I mean, I could certainly see it. They Ugh. play similar games, too. But Also, look at Arizona, 5-2 and two in the first wild card spot. Not that we're fill looking the at playoffs just yet. Yeah, Phil the thrill. Give him Phil's hot happy. Dogs, baby.
0: Phil's happy, that's why.
2: So. <laughs> Phil's eating hot dogs. He's happy.
0: Hot dogs in the desert.
2: How about John Carlson?
0: Have
2: you guys seen what John Carlson's done? He just 18, set a record for a defenseman, didn't he? He's got 18 points in 10 games with three goals. I mean, this guy, he signed that contract with, with Washington after they ended up winning the Stanley Cup, which a lot of people thought he would end up walking. And he signed the contract with the, the Capitals, and he's been just as good, if not a little bit better ever since. I mean, I'm look gonna at go the start that. he's off to. Exactly. And the guy's not the youngest guy in the world either, but he's still doing it and doing it at a high level. And then you have the two stars there in, in Edmonton with McDavid and Dreisaitl, which we saw all too well up close and personal.
1: Those two, to be quite honest, are not fair. Yes, I M- agree. McDavid, the way that he skates, no one even compares to the way he can get up and yeah, down no. the ice and then put himself in a position to get the puck and score.
0: No, and I had this this conversation with someone. McDavid is a generational player. 100. Uh, they they'll say, well, they they say, well, the word generational is way overused. They'll say that Dylan's generational and that Austin Matthews is generational and that uh, Quinn Hughes is generational. I go, okay, one, no one's saying that. Uh two, those players can is be just Facebook, and, and not even Quinn Hughes. Yeah, but this is one of the more intelligent <laughs> people that I talk to. Um, it's like not at Quinn take Quinn Hughes out of the argument now, but so Matthews and uh, people uh, that were drafted first over. So like Dolan, they can be considered elite. Uh, they're not considered generational generational is really something like something that comes around every like 30 ish years. And I, I don't think we'll, we're going to see probably another player like Connor McDavid for another 30 no. years. On the, on the General, way that Matthews, running. I think,
1: is there. You could put them in the same tier, but it's not like a one A one B. It's it's a, a clear one and two. Yeah, yeah. And how how those two are.
0: Yeah, well, and if you put McDavid on a team that's in besides maybe this year that's not Edmonton, then you'd see an insanely different score or uh, insanely different points. Uh, layout than what he's had currently. If you had him on someone like Pittsburgh playing with Crosby or you had him somewhere like Chicago playing with Taves and Kane, it'd be a completely,
2: don't don't do that to
0: me. I'm just saying that it would be a completely different look than where he is in Edmonton right now, because uh, before this season it's almost like his, his first few years were kind of wasted.
1: Oh, 100 well, percent. Yeah, Kinda like where absolutely. we at with I mean, Larkin is nowhere near the same type of player, but his first several years have been wasted.
0: His, his first few, maybe. But it's again, though, these are the people that are going to be the face of your team. The, the Matthews, the McDavid's, the Larkins are going to be the face of the franchise because they are the best player on your team and and they'd be some of the best players really no matter no matter what team they went to but it's just you david i would consider generational but again this this draft coming up is supposed to be one of the best drafts in in hockey history so i guess if it's if we bring it back to what we were talking about if there's any time to go on a losing streak and just get way down in the standing super early it's this season so mm-hmm uh bite it unfortunately yes we're trying to get back to 500 but i don't with the way this game's going and and seeing the next five games coming up i that's gonna get further away rather than closer kind of like the way this
2: game which which is all right in the grand scheme of things when you guys talk about generational talent i mean there's been there's been more in the last couple of years than there has been, you know, before that. I mean, you have Tavares, you have McDavid, you have Crosby, you have Ovechkin, who is also generational. Probably wasn't at the time, but definitely is now. Then, I mean, I don't Wait, know. No, 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 no. Ovechkin. Ovechkin.
0: Ovechkin. Oh, sorry. Right.
2: He's definitely generational.
0: I, I don't know about that, though, either.
2: Well, I mean, in terms you of look goal at- scorers, he's the best goal scorer I've ever seen.
0: About Kucherov.
2: No, definitely yeah. Ovechkin. Definitely Ovechkin. Because I mean, Ovechkin but... not only does it, in, like, he's not just a one-dimensional player like he used to be. He's physical. He blocks shots. Not all the time, but he definitely blocks shots. He can, he does the same thing every time on the power play, stands in the same spot. Everyone knows it's coming, and he can still score. That's That's generational to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think I think he's the best pure goal scorer, based yeah. on with the standard. And I shouldn't say standards with the style of play today, and for a fact that goaltenders are actually goaltenders in comparison to the years of Stevie and Gretzky, and even go back to Howell, Like the way that he scores goals, it, it's unmatched, and it goes yeah. back to early on when he had the. Uh, what the goal from his back like this was it his rookie year a couple of years in when he just slides across rookie, and
2: just that was his rookie year and I believe he had 50 yeah. goals in his rookie year didn't he I can tell you off the top something, of my head to be quite something honest ri- something ridiculous like that he had a crazy amount of goals then it went down for a while then it went back up and now it's it's been up ever since I mean the fact of the matter is we're talking about him possibly contending for the record of Wayne Gretzky, which is insane. I never thought I would hear or see that in my entire life. The puck is going in the net a lot more now. So you may start seeing more people with that chance. But I think for sure that, that, um, Ovechkin has a a shot.
0: We're going to wrap the show up for tonight. So I'm going to do final thoughts and let's start. Actually, we'll start with Tyler. We'll let him keep talking.
2: Oh, okay. Well, you tired me out there. I mean,
0: Okay, Ryan, final
2: thoughts. <laughs> no, 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 it's good, it's good. Final thoughts are, I mean, we're going to lose a lot, so like Greg said, drink a lot, drink some founders. <laughs> drink a lot. sponsors. Drink responsibly, of, of course, but, um, you know, enjoy the bumpy ride, and uh, we'll, we'll be all right, we'll be all right. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Sealedog91.
1: So I'm assuming it's me. So my final thoughts are: tonight against Vancouver was again more of the same, just essentially dysfunction, and the Wings need to clean it up. It's that's all there is to it. They've they've come out and said that Larkin has essentially berated the team in the media already. He's kind of pulling the uh, the Cronwall Wall from last season um, and taking up that role. It's like it's almost like captain material. It's weird.
2: You but, mean like uh, Bird did? For yeah, it was interesting.
1: Yeah. So, but no, it's it, so like Greg said, it's just not a good team. And granted, Vancouver is one of the top teams. They they went through a stretch of playing some of the best teams in hockey and they finished exactly how you would expect them to finish. But even with that being said, and Blashell always touches on how close the league is, they're not playing the way that Blashell talks that the way they should. So, until they clean it up, it's going to be a lot of founders, a lot of beer, a lot of scotch, a lot of alcohol in my belly. And that's all I got. Uh, Twitter already, Ryan33.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just going to say that uh, buckle up because it's, it's going to be a bumpy ride. But again, we, we have happy spots. I mean, Jonathan Erickson was waived, so happy spot. <laughs> uh, player development will be a happy spot. Just pick your happy spots. That's, don't expect a win. Watch for the development. Pick your happy spots. That's going to be my final thoughts. Can, Goodbye. Is, is that going to be your new hashtag? Is pick your happy spots. Pick your happy spots. Uh, but you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing, uh, where you can find me online most of the time is at Grindline Pod. Uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, every everywhere. If we're not there, let me know. I'll get us there. Uh, Thank you to our uh, official beer, which is Founders, and to Howie's Hockey Tape, where if you use the promo code GRINDLINE, you will receive 10% off of your gear order. So order from a U.S.-made brand and a Michigan-made brand in Howie's Hockey Tape. Uh, But for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.